It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code locked on. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and joining with me on the other line, my guy from Truth About It, uh, Mr. Rashad Mobley. How are you doing today, Rashad? I'm, I'm doing very good. Apparently, it's a great time to be a fan of Washington sports teams, is it not? I mean, of course, of course. Uh, we're coming off of Washington Mystics uh, WNBA Championship. The Washington Nationals advanced to the World Series earlier this week. Uh, we, we, we have uh, the Redskins won a, won a game. Clap it up for them. And uh, the Washington Wizards are celebrating the uh, signing extension of uh, one Bradley Bill. So it, 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 it's all, all is right in the D.C. sports world at this very moment at least. I agree. Now we're going we're to dig into this now. Exactly. So let, let, let's, let me, this is the Locked on Wizards podcast. So we're here to talk about uh, Washington Wizards news. Uh, uh, Adrian Wojnowski uh, tweeted out this morning at about 8 a.m. that Bradley Bill 
had signed an extension uh, with the with the Wizards. And when I first saw the the news about uh, Brad signing an extension, I was like, oh, he must have signed the the, the three year one eleven joint that, that that was offered to him. And then I you know I see when when you look through the details, you read the you read the fine print on it, you, you come to find out that he only signed. Uh, a two-year deal was uh, was a two-year seventy-two million dollars, and um, that 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 deal is actually actually has an opt-out. So then when, when you actually look at it, I mean Bradley Bill only signed up for one more year, guaranteed that he was supposed to be here. So it, it was it was an extension, and 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 you know every sense of the word, and obviously it was enough for them to make an announcement. But at the end of the day. It really seems like a really nicely placed hedge from Bradley Bill and Mark Bartlestein, his agent, uh, one of the best agents in the business, because it's not like he committed to Washington uh, long term uh, for you know for 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 a lot of years and a lot of money. You know, he he committed to them. I think he put himself in a position that no matter what, that he could get the most money. That he 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 gave himself an out just in case that he does get injured this season. Let's say he comes out and, you know, tears his ACL or, you know, tears his Achilles or something like that, then he solidifies himself where he can, you know, he made an extra $70 million. You know, that, that that's cool. And, you know, but he but he's also, you know, I think that if, if this year doesn't plan out how he doesn't want it to, that, you know, he could still be out of here uh, just as easily as, uh, as as he could have been before today started. Yeah, I've, you ever hear the term when there's a divorce or a breakup, and they say that uh, they split amicably and the, the divorce was favorable for both sides. And when you first hear that, you're like, "Yeah, right. That doesn't make any sense." But when you dig deeper, you see the term. It's like, okay, both 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 parties are happy. And this, I felt like, was a mutually beneficial agreement because. You can't tell me, and again, I don't know what's going on through Bill's head, but just looking at him at that mystic final and seeing him tweet about the Nationals, I'm sure that he, at some point, felt like there's some appeal to staying in the city where I started and staying here to possibly build a championship. And so I'm sure that played in the back of his mind, and he imparted that to his agent. At the same time, I'm sure he told himself, we're not going to be foolish about this, and we're not going to lock ourselves down no matter how much money we're making and be stuck and be an albatross, and we're not going anywhere. So I thought that that was well played. He also kind of gave an A2 to the Wizards and to the front office to say, look, we've heard a lot about the restructuring, and there's a lot of new faces here, and there's a new culture, but you need to put your money where your mouth is, and let's see what happens in the next two years or so, and let's see are you really going to restructure? Are you going to put a team around me? Are you going to put a team around John? Is it going to be something that we can actually look forward to? Are we going to have a team like the Clippers where, yeah, me and John are the leaders, but we have a strong enough nucleus where we can still contend, we're still scrappy, and we're in the playoffs and we're making noise, building towards something much bigger. But yeah, no, go ahead. But at the same time, I, and again, this is me talking half as a fan, half as a writer, I would have liked for the Wizards and and Beal to kind of go the other way where it is December and maybe the team is they're doing okay, but they're not doing as well. And it's pretty crystal clear that this is not going to work out and for Bill to let the front office know, look, I really would like to be out 
And for the Wizards to be in the situation that the Pelicans were in where everybody's looking at you, everybody wants to do deals with you, and you have your chance to say, no, nah, I don't want that one. I'll listen to that deal. No, nah, I don't want that one because you can – and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember the last time the Wizards were in that position where they had an asset that everybody wanted and they were in a position where they could pick and choose who they wanted, what they wanted to do, what kind of assets they wanted back. That's a rare position to be in. And not a lot of teams get to be in that position, and I would have liked to see them be in that position because just as this deal was mutually beneficial, that one would have been too because you could have gotten something of substance to build around Wall, which I mean, we can argue whether it's the right thing to do or not. Bill gets to go to where he wants to go. I would have liked to have seen that because, again, that's just not a position a lot of teams get to be in ever as a franchise, and it would have been nice instead of the Wizards to have to do things like sign Andrew Nicholson and Jan Mahimi and Nickel and Dime. They're in a position where, as you know, as I'm sure you've heard, every team that had some cap room was waiting to see what the Wizards were going to do with Bill because they wanted a piece of that. That's a good position to be in when you are a front office that is newly formed and trying to be a new culture. So I would have liked to have seen that, and now that's going to be delayed two, three years. Yeah, well, I don't think it's really delayed for three years. I think that it's delayed for at the very least six months because that's how long uh, the Wizards have to wait to trade Brother Bill after he signed his extension today. And I think that the, I think that when you look at the situation, that no matter what happens, Bill was going to be here for the course of this season. I, I mean, I was I was willing to bet a lot of money on that. Like there there was nothing that 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 that, that could have happened. That 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 would have made the Wizards trade him before next year's draft. Now I honestly believe, with the way that his contract was, the way that his uh, extension was structured, that you know if if things go left this year and he wants to be out, like he could very easily go to management at the end of next season and tell him that he wants to be traded, and you know his asset is the asset is still as valuable. As a matter of fact, it's even more valuable today because of the extra years that are tacked onto the deal. So, you know, I, I think that the, the, the way, way you started out correctly by saying that, you know, this this was favorable for, for both parties. And honestly, you know, the, I think that it shows, uh, number one, I think it shows that uh, Brad at least had some type of faith in the organization and Tommy Shepard and, you know, Ted Leontes and, and what they're building with monumental basketball. He, he has to have some type of – he has faith and what it is they're doing in order for him to even, you know, sign up for, uh, you know, for, for, for the extension that he did. And so, you know, I think that this is, that this is still going to be a, a trial and error process uh, for the Wizards uh, uh, for, for this season. And, and you know, they're, they're, you know they're, they're not out of the woods yet. They still have to sell him on, you know, the, the culture that they're building and, you know, selling him on this group of young players that they have. But I think that they're already doing a good job. And for, for Brad to go through his first training camp as the official leader of the team, you know, I think that he enjoys that more than almost anything else at this point, you know, because every, every training camp that he's had come into this season, he's been the second best player on the team. He played second fiddle to John Wall. But with John Wall being out right now, um, you know, Bill has t- taken it uh, upon himself to, you know, be the official leader of the team. So when you, uh, if you get a chance to go to Wizards practices now, you watch it, and Brad is leading everything. Brad is the one kind of, you know, uh, 
uh, uh, digging into players and trying to push them and, you know, galvanize the group, you know, because he's the leader of the team. So he's, he's, he's shaping uh, the, 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 the team like a ball of clay the way that he wants now that he has a little bit more say, a little bit more autonomy as the, the undisputed leader and best player of the team. And so that's one of the things I noticed in the only game that I've been to this year, which was this past this past weekend, when I – it used to be when – this past Sunday, when a, when a player messed up or didn't do something right, John Wall, whether he was in street clothes or in uniform, he would be the person, in addition to Scott Brooks, who would take the person aside, put his arm around him and say, hey, you should have done this, you should have done that. And the one thing I noticed is that Bill was very attentive. It didn't matter whether – it was a fellow starter or somebody else who was going to get cut. He put his arm around them. He saw him talking to them in a lighthearted way, not, not in a stern way. He wasn't yelling at him, just saying, I need to do this, I need to do that. And it reminded me of every player of this caliber needs to have that that feeling that they're a leader. It's akin to a, a senior in high school who finally gets to be the man, gets to boss people around, gets to tell people what to do, but they're paid to do to get to that point. He didn't really get the full the full experience of that last year because it was kind of by default. The wall was hurt, and he just kind of fell into that role. He's getting it from the beginning this year, and you can see that. And, again, I wasn't there today, but I wonder how much of him choosing to do this deal was, okay, for now, we don't know what's going to happen next year, and last year is in the past, but this is my team right now, and this is my team for the foreseeable future. I get to mold it. It's built around me. I get to call the shots, and, I like that feeling. It's been a long time coming for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, so. I definitely think that it is Brad. He feels that way, and I mean, I've heard him say as much. Uh, you know, there was a there was a practice that I tweeted about last week that basically Brad was kind of digging into the guys and because they weren't really working as hard, and you know, he uh, he got into it with a, a particular player on the team, but it, it wasn't like a. a it wasn't like, oh, you know, these guys were arguing. You know, it was a, it was a contentious practice, and he wanted the guys to play harder. And But he said, yeah, no, this is my team. Y'all got to work hard. He said that, like, during during this practice. And so when you look at it, like, he, he has taken that, like, he's taking this thing serious when he says that, you know, he's the leader of the team and the this is his team. And so, you know, I, I think that it'll be a very interesting dynamic once Wall comes back and he's healthy. Um, but as of right now, you know, I don't think there's any debate. And I think that, you know, um, if the Wizards, no matter what, I think I think we're reaching this point right now where, you know, that they need to start shifting their energy and their resources towards having a Bradley Bill-laden team and that, you know, when Wall comes back that, you know, he's going to have to, you know, adjust to that. Why don't you bring that up, Brother Troy? Because... I was thinking of that same thing when I was watching the Anthony Davis-LeBron dynamic because LeBron will tell anybody who listens, this is AD's team, this is his team. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to get back. I'm trying to do this, but this is AD's team and it's going to be his team in the future. And he said that during training camp, and he said that all this time. But if you watch the Laker game, that is not the case. That's not the case. LeBron... When he gets into crunch time, he, he falls back almost familiar. He is the man. He brings the ball up. He doesn't defer to the point guard. He doesn't play in the post. He brings the ball up, and he is the initiator, and he decides whether AD is going to get the ball or whether he isn't. And that was one of the criticisms of LeBron 
in the past is would he actually take his foot off the gas and follow up his actions with what he said or would he just revert to the familiar? And I find myself wondering if I'm John Wall, right now you're saying all the good things because you're not 100%. You have rehab to get through, and right now you can show up in street clothes and you can cheer, you can go to Mystics games, and you can say, I want, I want Brad to succeed until you get healthy and until you feel like yourself again and until you can blow past people blow past people and hit that layup and you're feeling like, okay, I'm back to where I was before I got injured. How about we, you know, we give, we give the keys to me. Is he going to do that or is he going to come out and say, look, I understand that I may be not quite what I was. Brad's team, I'm the point guard. My job is to do this. I wonder, we're not, we're probably not going to be in that dynamic this year, but next year we're going to be there. I, I just find myself wondering in those quiet places that nobody sees down wall, is he thinking, I might not get this team back, or is he thinking, no, no, it doesn't matter, it's about winning, or is he thinking, you know what, it, it doesn't matter. I, I I find myself wondering what he's thinking because it's a lot of bill coming at you this past this past year and a half, and not so much him. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I'll tell you this right now that the days of John Wall being the leader of the Wizards, those days are pretty much over, and so. Um, you know, I, I think that there was, you know, that there was an argument to be made that Bill was already ascending to be the better player uh, before all his injuries. But now after the injuries, like, it's not even up for debate as far as who is going to be the best basketball player for the Wizards going forward. Um, you know, I think that, like, this will be a testament to, to uh, or a test at least to for John Wall to see, you know, how he's able to respond to this because, it will be the first time in his career that, you know, that he won't, you know, be the franchise player, that he won't be the best player, that he won't, uh, you know, have the, you know, complete power within the organization to, you know, be able to, to, to you know, voice his opinion or, or um, you know, even, you know, Brandon, just getting the superstar treatment that, you know, superstars around the NBA get. So, I mean, it, it's an interesting dynamic. I wonder how uh, John feels, but I'm sure that he's happy for Brad. That's his guy. Um, but I know I do. I, I do not want to note that uh, the fact that uh, that Brad didn't opt for the three-year deal that he did the two uh, two-year deal, but which is essentially a one plus one, that he aligned his uh, contract up with John Wall, so that when Wall is a free agent, that he could also be a free agent. And so I think that that was possibly done on purpose, too, just because, uh, you know, the uh, Wall's contract is probably a big part of what the Wizards are or are not able to do as a franchise. So, you know, if, if, if uh, you know, if Bill wants to, you know, if, if Wall's contract, uh, you know, ends up uh, expiring and Bill's like, yo, look, maybe, man, maybe, maybe it's time to move on, from the franchise, he'll probably have uh, leverage to, you know, tell Ted that, you know, that uh, let, 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 let's go in another direction. But, you know, like, this is this is this is uh, speaking way too far in advance. But I mean, this is just uh, a little bit too far speculation. <laughs> it is, but you know, it gets back to if we go back to what's going on on the court. No matter what Bill did with that extension this year, as rewarding it'll. As if it may be for him personally to be the leader and from a scoring standpoint, it's going to be a challenging year for the team as a whole. And I just wonder, does he have 
he actually has the stomach for what's getting ready to happen because there will be some games where everything clicks and they beat a team they're not supposed to beat or they beat one of the lower-tier teams. But there's going to be – that may happen two, three times out of ten. There's going to be several times where it's not that they didn't play well. It's not that Bill didn't lead. It's just they don't have enough forces. And you wonder when he sees – like, let's say he makes the all-star team and he sees some of his all-star teammates that they're actually on a road to a title and the road to something substantial and he's just kind of treading water and waiting. You know, I, w- I wonder how that's going to play on the court. And then to do like you, to kind of project going forward, are we sure that a team where Wall and Beal hit their potential, their full potential, are we sure that's a team that can contend? Are we sure that one of these younger players – that's currently on the team, or somebody maybe who hasn't been acquired yet, is going to be that third member to kind of push them, push them over the hump. So it's a lot of there, there are a lot of moving parts, there are a lot of variables that you have to really be relying on the Wizards front office. And you know that in years past, as you know, was, was a dicey composition. So far, everything is coming up good, but they haven't really been put to the test until right now. Right, right. You know, and I think you know this is this is a good test for them. Uh, but you know, I I think that you know they they're going to be able to be a lot more prepared than a lot of people are giving them credit for at this point. And so I wanted to transition a little bit. I wanted to talk about uh, um, what what do you what do you see from now after now that we've seen them play in some preseason games, and what what do you see from a potential? Uh, first of all. Who do you think uh, is going to be the starting five in uh, a week from now when they open up in Dallas uh, versus the Mavericks? Because, you know, I think a lot of Wizards fans were kind of penciling in Justin Anderson to start at small four, and then he got cut yesterday. So that kind of that, that kind of threw a lot of people off. But I was I was not surprised that Justin Anderson got cut. Um, and you were very vocal about that on Twitter, too. I saw, I saw you respond to some people, like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's just because I think that people fail to realize that, like, all right. So if you if 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 you uh, if you have a media credential and you have access to go to practices and you go and you observe different things and you get a chance to talk to different people, I wasn't just making that opinion. I wasn't just saying it just to be hating on Justin Anderson. I like Justin Anderson. He's from D.C. He's from the D.M.V. area. He went to U.V.A. Like I like the guy a lot, but I just. I just uh, it, 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 the what I was seeing on the internet wasn't wasn't lining up with things that I was seeing in person or hearing, and so I felt the need to let people know that. And I mean, it, it turns out I didn't know that they were going to cut the guy the next day, but you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was it was it was it was an interesting dynamic, and I think that. Um, you know, I think a lot of what happened with Justin Anderson had to do with the fact that the team, the way the roster was constructed, that they really only had one spot. And just looking at it, like I don't, I just didn't see that there was any way that they were going to cut players that they had invested resources in, like Chris Tioza or Justin Robinson, to bring on Justin Anderson. Like I think that you know um, he was the benefit of a circumstance where. Like literally every small forward on the team had gotten hurt before training camp. Uh, you know those, those guys are getting back healthy, and CJ Miles is doing a little bit more every day, and Troy Brown is doing a little bit every day. So I think those guys will be back sooner rather than later. And then when you look at it, I mean Anderson didn't play spectacular, 
in the preseason. You know, I watched him practice, and, and you know, uh, shout out to my guy Chase Hughes. But you know, we, we we used to sit there and watch him in practice, and the ball would come and it would kick it to him. And I don't think he made a, a open three the whole the whole training camp. And it, it just it just it, his jump shot never really looked right. It just looked funky. Like it, I, I just I from from everything that I saw, I just never thought that oh this dude's about to make the team. At no at no point did I ever think that. And you know to see people up there talking about can he be a major contributor for the team going forward? I'm like whoa, that's like it just it just went from zero to a hundred real quick. It, you know it's funny you bring that up because in the uh, in the game against Milwaukee, I was focusing on the point guard battles because Brooks said that he wanted to start Justin Robinson, and I wanted to see what Robinson did versus Chioza, and I just was not impressed with Justin Robinson at all. He wasn't pushing the pace. He wasn't hitting open shots. He just looked like someone who was told they were going to start two minutes before the game, and he just he just looked uncomfortable, even when, when he was going with the starters. Chioza came in in the second half, and was the complete opposite. Was running, was aggressive, was getting everybody involved, pushed the pace, had Milwaukee uncomfortable, and I was just thinking, okay, this is somebody who is seizing their opportunity, and that's not something I really saw Justin doing, you know. And to go back to your earlier point, who do I think is going to start? Assuming that Ish is healthy, he starts at the one deal. I would start Hashimura, Bryant, and I think I would start Wagner at 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 the four. I think. Um, see, see I, I'm with you all the way until you said Mo Wagner. Cause, I know, I know. Yeah, that's that's I, yeah. I mean, my, Wagner's a good dude, but first of all, I don't think he's an NBA power forward. I think he's a backup center, and I think that uh, you, you're really forgetting about Davis Bertans here. And, and I, I can actually, I can promise you that Mo Wagner ain't starting over Davis Bertans. That's not happening. So like that, that's. Yeah, if I like that starting lineup, just replace Bertans with Fogman, and I think that that's you're going to be your opening day starting lineup, more than likely. Okay, so do you think because you and I have sat through years with Brooks where there were there were start, there were moves to be made in the starting lineup that was screaming out to him, and he refused to do it until it was way too late. Do you think that this season he will have the freedom, or he'll have? He'll feel like if things don't work, that he can he can make changes on the fly. Or do you think he's going to be fixated on one starting line that much he has in the past? Yeah, I think that uh, there's less pressure on him from uh, from the top of the organization when it comes to winning. So I think that Brooks understands that he's being judged on how he can be creative as a coach this year. And so when he has Tommy Shepard, who's now the general manager, I think that he and Tommy have a great relationship. But at the end of the day, Tommy didn't hire Scott Brooks. And so I know that they share an agent, and so that's a big deal um, as far as, like, the business aspect and definitely increases his chances of, at the very least, finishing out his contract with the Wizards. But I think that, you know, there there, there isn't that organizational pressure, like, where, you know, Ernie Grunfeld is basically telling, uh, you know, telling Scott Brooks that, you know, that they got to come out here and win they got to make the playoffs because he knows that, you know, his job is on the line. So that's why you have Scott Brooks playing guys like Ron Baker and Sam Decker and Gary Payton Jr. over Troy Brown uh, last season. Whereas this season, you know, I feel like that uh, the day, there won't be like this is this is how I know that it's a it's a new day 
with the Wizards because they released Justin Anderson, right? That's how I know that it's a new day because Justin Anderson in the past would have been the classic proven veteran player. I put in super air quotes around that, but he would have been that classic uh, proven veteran that Ernie would have brought in and who a dude who's been on four teams and four years and is not everybody in the league knows that you know he's not really a solid player, but he would come in and started for the Wizards. If this was last season, he'd have played. He would have played thirty games too, like starting before they realized that oh, this ain't working. But you know, now that this is a new team, you know they they say you know what, Justin Anderson, he came in, he had a decent training camp. The fans love him, but you know we just realized that we 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 we're not sold. So they ran and moved on quickly. So you're saying that we don't have the worst starting five in the NBA in the last twenty years, Troy? No, that's not. I'd say that that was the most preposterous thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. Like. Uh, and, and and my guy Kevin Broom brought it up to me. It's like this isn't even the worst Wizards starting five in the last ten years. Like not at all. Like this is that's ridiculous. Like this, this isn't even the worst starting five in the NBA right now. Like like this, that. I mean like yo know, Stephen A. Smith. Like he he the hate has gone too far because I mean like, like we have Bradley Bill. We have an All NBA caliber player on the team. Like that right there makes us have a better starting five than the Phoenix Suns, than the Cleveland Cavaliers, than. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I can't think of any teams off the top of my head, but I know we had the worst starting five in the league right now. So for him to say the worst starting five in the league of the last twenty years, that is like the definition of hyperbolic. Yeah, he was, he was, he was feeling himself a little bit too much. I can understand this may be, this, this is not the kind of starting five that's going to contend. But again, Bradley Bill's on there. He's All NBA. There are some teams who don't have an All NBA player in their starting five. That was. That was ridiculous, and I saw it, and I was getting ready to retweet it, and I was like, you know what, I'm not giving this comment or this clip any type of shine today. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand it. I get Stephen A. Smith. He's a polarizing figure, and, you know, I think that he's he he has kind of branded himself as uh, a, a bit of a Wizards troll. You know, he, he likes to troll the Wizards and then pop up in the arena and, and, and go in the locker rooms and stuff. I know that, remember it was a couple of years ago where Marquis Moore slapped him on the butt and he thought it was all a good fun and Marquis started talking trash afterwards. So, you know, it and then last year he kind of got into it with John Wall and, you know, I felt slightly responsible for that because it was over the Rose Bar stuff. So, you know, that that's a whole other story for a whole other podcast. But, uh, yeah, I think that the relationship, do you have to take anything that Stephen A. Smith says about the Wizards with a grain of salt, just because there are interesting dynamics at play with the relationship between he and the team. Absolutely. And I didn't mean to take you off track, so the last thing I'll say here is whenever something Wizards-related goes down, I like to talk to my wife to see how she feels and see what kind of questions she has because she's not, you know, she's not quite as into it as I am. And so after we talked about Bill... She asked me, and I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget. She said, I just want to have something to be hopeful about going forward. And when she said that, you know, given what's going on with the Nationals and the Mystics, I I had to take off my journalism hat, put on my fan hat, and say, if you saw what you saw today was Bill resigning, Wall getting closer, Hashimura looking good, whatever you get from Isaiah Thomas and Ishmael is great. Do you feel good? as a fan going forward? Do you feel like, okay, we finally have enough momentum? Or 
is it irrelevant what's going on in the court? The fact that Ernie is gone has you feeling good already. And when I when I was objective about it, I'm like, yes, you, you do feel good. Your superstar player stayed. He didn't demand a trade yet. Your other player is is rehabbing. He's very visible. He's showing that he wants to be here in Wall. There is a reason to feel good if you're a Wizards fan. You feel like, okay, the witch is dead. Ernie's gone. We're, we're rebuilding. We have a lot of new faces, a lot of new attitudes. There is a reason to feel good. But that was just my opinion. As the host of this podcast, do you share that? So I'm hopeful that the Wizards are on the right track just because I know that um, I, I, I can say this. So there are a couple of reasons why I think they're on the right track. Um, the first thing is I believe that the, the, that team culture stuff that they've been preaching, I'm starting to believe that this stuff is a real thing. And so when you look at last year's team where you had, you know, uh, pretty much dissension within the team uh, from the very beginning of the season, I think that the team was kind of – they were kind of put behind the eight ball that they weren't really uh, set up for much success last season. Whereas this team, who probably has – way less talent, uh, but the, the, the players on there genuinely like each other. Um, they, they genuinely have uh, uh, spent a lot of time trying to build up the team culture and the team chemistry. And, uh, you know, uh, they, the whole entire team has been at the practice facility since Labor Day. And, and, you know, I just think that that stuff is conducive to winning basketball. So I think that when you look at, you know, some of the younger players they have, like, I, I still believe, you know, uh, that that, that uh, Rui Hashimura is going to be uh, a, a future star in this league. And so when, if you look at uh, Bradley Bill, if he continues to improve as he has for each of the last uh, seven seasons in the NBA, if you look at uh, Rui Hashimura turning into a, a, a serviceable, uh, you know, not, not even like an all-star player, but, you know, uh, even if he could be, you know, a level below that for his first couple of years until he's able to, you know, really grow into a player. If he can do that and Troy Brown Jr. can be a, a, a respectable rotation player and Thomas Bryant continues to emerge, then you're looking at a team with that, that has a couple of pieces that, you know, will be very easy to build around once the books open up. Then I will tell my wife that Troy Halliburton said that she has a reason to be optimistic. I mean, I believe it. I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. So, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, on the very, I'll say this in the end, and then I'll shut up. I just, it, it is encouraging, especially this week, especially this week, to have seen Wall and Beal at a Mystics game, front row cheering, to have seen Beal tweet the way he did after the Nationals advanced to the World Series, and then on the heels of that, he's staying at least one more year. That is encouraging on a very surface level. It's, it's encouraging. It makes you feel like, okay, it's all is right with the world, all is right with the Washington team. So I would feel encouraged. It's us basketball nerds that like to delve deeper and to kind of discourage people like that. But on a very surface level, it is encouraging that Bill will get some money and will be around the Capital One Arena for at least a couple more years. Yeah, I think that is very encouraging. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the Wizards fans have, you know, something to be able to look forward to. And for, at the very least, right now, we have come to a resolution, and so we won't have to hear a lot of questions about, you know, uh, what, what bill, uh, whether the bill will get traded, and we won't have to hear a lot of outside speculation from guys like Bill Simmons pulling up the trade machine and trying to see, 
uh, you know what 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 what, Brill, what what Bill could do. You know, I think uh, what 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 the Wizards could move Bill for. You know, it, it just ruins or it ends a lot of that speculation, and so it, it it puts the team in the position where they can actually you know try to build. Uh, they if they have a vision, they can try to build around that vision going forward, and they don't have to worry about you know what what their star player wants to do. I hear you, brother Troy, but I would have liked to see the madness in December, the trade machine. <laughs> The, the nah, rumors, I, I don't the think I don't line. think the, the madness was last year. So when they when 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 they had all that stuff that going on, you had the guys in the locker room leaking information and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I I wanted them to burn the house down then, and they, it ended up burning <laughs> down. So now they did they they didn't lose the whole house in the fire. They're able to you know save save a little bit of the house, and now we're working on building it back up. But like Habitat for Humanity style. You get the last word, my brother. <laughs> All right, Rashad. Well, I'm glad. I appreciate you for taking the time to come on uh, the podcast and talk with me. Um, I'm getting ready to head out to this little brother show, and and uh, I'll be I'll be able to uh, you know comment on some things now that you give me a nice history lesson on little brother. So I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate the humble brag too. <laughs> nah, man. Hey, the humble brag would, 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 would be me telling the world how I got the tickets, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, the humble brag is what happened this weekend when you were out in front of the Kanye thing. But again, we won't mention that either. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Hey, look, it's my job as a as a as a tastemaker in D.C. to be hip to everything that's going on. So. I think it, it that stuff kind of overlaps with a lot of me, uh, with a lot of things that I do. So you know, things that are going on within the music industry within DC, uh, I, I'm, 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 I keep my ear to the streets, and I'm aware of a, a few things. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad everything worked out. You know, I know that a lot of people weren't weren't really believing that it was going to happen. I said, oh, it, it's happening. So <laughs> you know, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad everything worked out. Though, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the music thing goes, I mean, I got, I got a uh, Tommy Shepard talking up Big Crit, and uh, we're trying we're trying to organize something where we can bring Big Crit to a, a Wizards practice. So uh, I guess the listeners should be tuned out for that. I see you wearing different hats, sir. Yeah, man, you got to, you got to double dipping, man. That's what we call it. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, now, Rashad, I appreciate you for coming on, and of course, we're going to have to do this many, many more times in the future. I look forward to it. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Like a dean, coach all these girls to a rake. 
I've been plotting since I was a fetus. Young PG legend like Gilbert Arenas. Now I'm chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants. Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a strip club like fuck. They just trying to make some bucks. Love when I slap down my ones, but it bounced like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see. With a J, we'll be on the same team. I wanna pull it like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girls you in shots with the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls on the ring. I wanna pull it like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she was shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.